As we all know, obesity is a huge problem for society at large and for the finances of the NHS. I'm Duncan Jarvis, and I'm joined on the line by Teresa Marto, director of the Behel. I'm Duncan Jarvis, and I'm joined on the line by Teresa Marto, director of the Behaviour and Health Research Unit at the University of Cambridge. Now, you and your colleagues have proposed in an article in the BMJ.com an idea to tackle obesity, and that's by reducing portion size. We're probably all aware, I think, in that uh, portion sizes increased over the, the years, um, as maybe most starkly shown by the, uh, the start of the going large, the supersized meals in burger chains. Um, but how much of an effect is portion size um, having on our calorific intake? Now we've recently completed a Cochrane systematic review which um, provides the most uh, conclusive evidence, the most robust evidence that we have to date, which shows us that people consistently eat and drink more when they're offered larger sized portions or packages or when offered um, with larger tableware or, or glassware. And what we were able to do, I mean, that, that, that sounds like it's common sense, as it were, but we brought together the uh, international literature on this. Um, and what we were able to do was to estimate by how much we could reduce the daily energy intake of UK adults if we were able to eliminate and this sounds uh, quite, is quite a tall, tall order, but if we were able to eliminate the larger size portions from our diet, and we estimated if we could do that across people's diet every single day, then we could reduce average uh, energy intake for a UK adults by around 16%. So that's 279 calories a day. So that is worth going for. So it's not a small effect. Indeed, it's not. Um, I think you mention in your paper, you say that uh, portion, package and tableware size is a psychophysical barrier to our ability to self-regulate the amount that we consume. Yes, that's right. So the mechanisms that underlie what's called the portion size effect, which is that when given more, we eat more, aren't fully understood. So we think that one of the, the drivers of this is that the amount of uh, food that we routinely encounter, uh, what we're served in a, in a restaurant uh, or, or that we see in, in, in a supermarket, gives uh, the impression of what is a suitable amount to eat. So the social norms as to you know, what, a, what a, a helping of pasta might be and our personal norms are set by these. And so as portion sizes and tableware have got larger. So our idea of how much we need to eat has correspondingly grown. So we think that the norms have, have changed. There's also some evidence to show that the amount of food or, or drink in front of us affects how we eat. And it seems that the more we have in front of us, uh, we tend to take larger mouthfuls and, and we eat faster. One of the key things, though, is that this portion size effect seems to be happening outside of awareness. So the few studies that have attempted 
for example, to give people information about this effect or attempted to um, label products so that people know how many portions are in them don't seem to have very much of an effect. That's interesting. So, as you said earlier, we could potentially reduce the calorific intake of the nation by, what, 16%, um, which seems like a laudable goal. But how on earth would you, as you know, do we as a country actually do that? Um, You've proposed some ideas in your paper. Uh, Could you take us through those? Yes, yes, indeed. So what what I want to make clear is that while the evidence that we've we just talked talked uh, about is is compelling um, for uh, the the effect of exposing people to larger portions, um, at the moment it's it's not matched by similarly strong evidence on how to reduce or avoid that effect. So it was really thinking through what we might need to do that led us to write this paper. So if you like, these are evidence-based suggestions. And um, at a a sort of summary level, what what we're proposing is uh, a series of interventions that uh, would reduce the availability of larger portions and packages, reduce their appeal, and reduce the size of uh, portions and packages and tableware that are routinely used. So in terms of reducing the availability of larger portions, um, we might do that by just removing the largest serving size of drinks. Um, And indeed, there are some cinema chains that have done that, so that the largest soda that they serve is 32 ounces. That's still pretty big, isn't it? Um, nearly two pints. Um, so, um, so certainly that, that is one option, reducing the larger portion packing sizes that, that are available. Um, we can also um, place larger portion sizes further away from people, and that makes them slightly less accessible, less likely to be selected. We can limit the portion sizes at checkouts, aisle ends, or on special displays. We could reduce their appeal. Now, um, uh, the price uh, of, of uh, food is one of the main things that um, attracts people towards it. And what we know is that the pricing practices at the moment currently make larger portions or package sizes better value for money. So we suggest that restricting those pricing practices would be one thing to do, and restricting price promotions on larger portions or packages. And then finally, Um, a whole category of um, possible options in terms of reducing the size of what are routinely, uh, of what's routinely offered. So making the default serving size smaller, particularly for energy dense foods and drinks, and making smaller tableware the default for self-service or um, uh, the the food that um, we're served in in cafes and restaurants. Now, all of that seems like practical advice for a government wanting to tackle this issue. But obviously, it wouldn't come without some kickback from industry, uh, who seem, frankly, perfectly happy with the way that they're selling food at the moment. And I believe in uh, New York, when they tried to reduce the size of sugar-sweetened beverages through legislation, that that was fought really hard by industry. So how do you think we can get industry on board 
um, and actually buy into this idea to you know, actually reduce the, the portion size of food that they offer. I think, I think there are, there are, this, is not, this is not trivial, you're absolutely right. And there's also a challenge from consumers as well, because one of the uncertainties we have is how small can you go in terms of portion size before those who are being offered it feel that they haven't got good value for money or they feel that they haven't had enough. So, um, so there's both the consumer and industry. If we just turn to industry for the moment, um, for the industry, um, there probably isn't much in this unless there's more demand from the public for smaller portions. So as an indirect way of answering your question, in this article we lay out um, where uh, the environments in which we think these changes could be made. And we crudely divide the world into two sets of environments, those which are public sector environments and those which are commercial or private uh, environments. And what we think is that much more, um, much more opportunity, there's much more opportunity in public sector environments for making these kinds of changes than has been realized to date. So you're thinking about hospitals, which very often, um, well, uh, resemble um, airports in terms of the, uh, the food outlets that, that are available there. Um, what is to stop us from thinking, redesigning those food environments? So not only is there healthier food available in terms of nutritional content, but actually modeling what an appropriate portion size might be. And in that way, one may well um, increase the public appeal of smaller portion sizes. So I, I think that key to this is going to be public public acceptability, but actually probably more than that, it's public demand for changes to our food environments. And there's been very little work today looking at public acceptability of reducing portion size in order to reduce um, the uh, energy that, that we consume. But what we do know is that the public are generally quite open to interventions from government that can prevent childhood obesity. Mm. And so I think that possibly that is um, a relatively unexplored lever that could be used. And I think it becomes very important that not only the readers of the BMJ are aware of the contribution of growing portion size to excess energy intake, but actually the public need to know this much more. And I think then there can be much more of a conversation, or indeed going beyond that, demand from the public um, for policymakers to actually start doing some quite difficult things. So it sounds like public education is the key. But given what you said earlier, um, that it doesn't seem to be an issue that's susceptible to education. How will that work? Do you have any ideas about how we can get the public uh, on board with this as well? So um, education or providing information is, uh, has relatively little effect on our consumption behaviour mm -hmm. when faced with large 
portions and packages of instantly appealing foods. So what I'm talking about is people understanding that, first of all, that there is a direct link between how much food and drink they and their children are served and how this is leading to overconsumption. And we also have some evidence from a couple of studies to show that the more people understand that their consumption is overwhelmed by their environments, i.e. that even if they are incredibly well educated about these effects, it doesn't stop them from consuming or over-consuming, um, that increases the acceptability of government interventions to cap, we know this, to cap the size of foods as well as making them less resistant to ideas such as um, taxation. And I can see that would uh, resonate quite well because people want fixes that don't really require them to make much effort um, themselves, which is why fat diets are perennially popular. Well, you're right. I mean, it is about, it's about the environment. Um, but as you point out, all of this needs government to act. Don't hold your breath. You've been listening to Theresa Marteau talk about how reducing portion size, packaging and tableware could help fight obesity. The full analysis is now available on the bmj.com and you can also hear there an interview with Sarah Williston, MP, who is chair of the Health Select Committee, who have just come out with a report about legislation for reducing obesity.